0: From Australia, this is VK1 WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au.
1: Well, we certainly hope you had a great Christmas and you're looking forward to 2015 and the new year. This is WIA National News for week commencing December 28, 2014 and I'm Graham VK4 BB. Apple co-founder eyes off the Apple Isle. Steve Wozniak is one step closer to becoming an Australian citizen after securing permanent residency. The tech guru, who first applied for citizenship in 2012, has been moving aspects of his life to Australia, with Tasmania, a location he says is on his bucket list, the place he hopes to make home. The man who formed Apple with Steve Jobs in 1976 has also become an adjunct professor at the University of Technology in Sydney. VK2WI morning-only broadcasts are on over the holidays. Yes, for three weeks, starting today, December 28, the Sunday broadcast from VK2WI will be the morning-only format. There will be no evening broadcast the 28th of December, January 4, or 11th of January. The evening broadcast will commence on the 18th of January. Summerland Amateur Radio Club with Duncan, VK2DLR, will conduct a course in the Advanced AOCP. The course is due to start Monday, February 9, and likely to run until Friday the 13th contact Duncan, Victor Kilo 2, Delta Lima Romeo, the SARC Education Officer at Summerland. Now all you have to do is send an email to sarc at gmail.com. February 7, the VK3 Homebrew Construction Group's first meeting of the year will be held. David Giddy, Victor Kilo 3, India Lima will describe antennas for the Summits on the Air program. All are welcome to attend 2pm at Amateur Radio Victoria Rooms, 40G Victory Boulevard in Ashburton. Members of the Tark Incorporated, who, by the way, are the only club from VK4 consistently sending this WIA national news, their dispatches wish everybody listening a merry and safe Christmas and a fantabulous 2015. And may your DX be reliable and fruitful.
0: Across Australia, from VK1WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In the southeast of South Australia and western border districts of Victoria, it's relayed on the four network two-meter repeaters of Mount Gambier, Narrogin, Kingston, and Bordertown at 9am each Sunday. This is John VK5DJ from the Southeast Radio Group.
1: Next year, 2015, we commemorate Anzac 100. We'll be commemorating it with a series of articles that have been appearing in Amateur Radio magazine by WA historian Peter Wolfenden, VK3RV. Here's another one of them, a summary. The Garlands of Brisbane, an interesting father and son. David James Garland was born in Perth in 1896 and, as a Brisbane student, assembled or made the basics to receive and perhaps even get the odd spark transmission on air. David was the son of David John Garland, an Anglican church clergyman who became a major player in the Anzac movement. In March 1916, David served with the Australian Wireless Squadron in Mesopotamia. He also served with the Royal Australian Engineers at Australian headquarters in Melbourne during World War II. In March 1919, the Queensland Wireless Institute was reformed and at this meeting, S.V. Colville was elected Secretary and Treasurer and David elected to the Council. Returning briefly but importantly to David's senior, prior to the war he was a chaplain to Defence Volunteers in West Australia and Queensland and enlisted in November 1917. He has also been described as the architect of Anzac Day, credited with initiating the Anzac Day march, wreath-laying ceremonies at memorials and special church services. David Sr. also began a trust to use money raised from the sale of Anzac Day budges for the care of soldiers' graves at home and abroad, and he was awarded the OBE in 1934. So, in the Garlands of Brisbane, we can see individuals constructively engaged in a number of fields, contributing expertise and exerting some positive influence on society in this part of the world. As a nation, we would have been much poorer without... The Garlands of Brisbane.
0: The Wireless Institute of Australia paves the way for new amateurs to our bands.
2: What use is an F call? In passing, a few weeks ago, I mentioned listening 10 up. It's also a slogan I have on a T-shirt. It says, I'm not ignoring you, I'm listening 10 up. So what does that mean and what do you do when a station tells you they're listening up or down? If you're a DX station and you've got a desirable call, it's likely you'll generate a pile-up. That is, lots of different stations all calling at the same time trying to get the attention of the single DX station. As more and more stations join in the fray, the remote station will get drowned out by eager hunters who try to call early, or try to call late, in an attempt to get the attention of the DX station. The impact of this is cumulative. Over time, the DX station will get buried entirely in spurious transmissions, so making a contact becomes harder and harder, sometimes impossible. I've talked about the rhythm of a contact. If it's all working as expected, the rhythm will help you synchronize your call with that of the remote DX. Similarly, all the other stations on frequency will march to the same drumbeat. Sometimes this just becomes too hard, and a DX station might solve the problem by operating split. In essence, the station operates two frequencies. Their calling frequency, which is where you can hear the station, and their listening frequency, which is where everyone else is calling and the DX station is listening. This makes it possible for the drum beat to continue and for the DX station to not be drowned out. So how do you do this? On many modern radios, you'll have access to two VFOs. You tune one, VFO A, to the DX calling frequency, the other, VFO B, to the DX listening frequency. You'll push the split operation button, and when you listen, you're listening to VFO A frequency, and when you're transmitting, you're doing that on the VFO B frequency. A station will announce this by saying something like listening 10 up, or 2 up, whatever they pick. During contests, this is generally frowned on, since it ties up two frequencies, but during normal day-to-day operations, it's another tool to make HF contacts possible. I'm not ignoring you, I'm listening 10 up. I'm ono VK6FLAB. From
0: Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text
3: at wia.org.au. International news with thanks to IARU, RSGB, SARL, Southgate Amateur Radio Club, ARRL, Amateur Radio Newsline, NZART and the worldwide sources of the WIA. I'm Jason, VK2LAW. Anniversary of BBC World Service Money Week reports the BBC Empire Service, the forerunner of the BBC World Service, began broadcasting 82 years ago. Dr Matthew Partridge says the BBC Empire Service started broadcasting on December 19, 1932 and had a budget of just £606 a week in 2014 prices. The new service scored an early success when King George V delivered the first royal Christmas message six days after it launched in 1932. Still with the wonderful world of wireless, we learn that RTE's Longwave service is now not closing next year, but is extended until 2017. RTE Radio 1 Longwave will operate a full service in 2015 with reduced hours in 2016 before working towards a full shutdown in 2017. The service was due to end early next year after RTE postponed a decision to close the transmitter until 19th of January. RTE had previously announced that it would be ceasing its longwave 252 service from the Clarkstown longwave transmitter on the 27th of October and migrating its Radio 1 service to digital platforms. RTE said that in slowing the pace of the longwave shutdown... It has considered contact from listeners and submissions from a range of groups who highlighted more time was needed to understand and enable the migration to digital platforms for all listeners. Head of RTE Radio 1, Tom Maguire said, we've listened particularly to the concerns raised by and on behalf of the elderly Irish in the UK. Leading UK space organisations have joined forces with UK astronaut Tim Peake Kilo Golf 5 Bravo Victor India and Raspberry Pi to offer students a chance to devise and code their own apps or experiment to run in space. Two Raspberry Pi computers are planned to be flown to the International Space Station as part of Tim's 6-month mission, and both will be connected to a new Astro Pi board loaded with a host of sensors and gadgets launched December 10 at an event held by the UK Space Agency the Astro Pie competition will be open to all primary and secondary school-aged children who are resident in the United Kingdom. The last day of 2014 UTC will be the final opportunity to rack up those remaining ARRL Centennial QSO party points before you celebrate the arrival of the new year. To help with that goal, the league is sponsoring its final Red Badges on the air day on Wednesday, December 31. That's when those high-value red ARRL identification badge wearers will be out in force on the bands. ARRL officers, elected officials such as director or section manager, as well as headquarters staffers and volunteers and other members of the ARRL family are expected to be on the air for this event. Contacts with red badge wearers are worth as much as 300 points per contact for working ARRL President Kay Craigie, November 3, Kilo November. Many of the 200 or so holders of Red Badges will be on the air on December 31, along with other ARRL appointees and members. Maxim Society members are worth 50 points. So again, we congratulate the ARRL on its 100 years. These events are considered activity days, not contests, and operation is permitted on all bands. Participants can call CQARRL Centennial QSO Party on phone or CQCENT on CW or digital modes. How far can you go? How's this for a distance achievement?
4: On the 8th of December, a group of Polish amateurs reported receiving ARTSAT-2 dispatch from deep space at a distance of 2,000. Sorry, that's to be two million three hundred and sixteen thousand seven hundred and fifty nine kilometers. The previous day the same group of radio amateurs also received the four three seven point three eight five megs amateur radio signal from the Shin N two spacecraft at a distance of one million five hundred and eleven thousand two hundred and forty six kilometers. Chris M0KPW is looking for people who have information on the history of amateur radio in the Furness area, South Cumbria, between around 1950 to 1970. He's looking for information on activities in the area around that time, old photographs, facts, anecdotes, and so on, to help him put together a talk about the history of radio in the area. So if you used to live in the area, or have visited the area over the years, and have any information, please contact Chris by email... That's Furness Amateur Radio at Outlook.com or visit M0KPW.com. Scottish Memories is a monthly nostalgia magazine, and in an upcoming issue, they're planning to publish a wartime special feature focusing on World War II. As part of this, they're hoping to write a feature about the huge impact of radio on ordinary families during the war. Deputy Editor Rachel Bellaby would like to hear from amateurs who were involved in radio during the war years, or whose families were. Please email Rachel B at warnersgroup.co.uk. The Rockall DX Group are planning a new challenge for January, activating Kish Island, Iran, which is IOTA AS166 and number 33 on Club Logs DXCC Most Wanted List. EP6T should be on the air from the 16th of January operating from 160 to 10 meters emphasis being on 160 meters and the operation is expected to continue until the 26th of January according to the ARRL uh, of Iran's 80 million citizens only 13 are licensed amateurs although 60 students have recently passed their exams and should be able to receive an EP call sign in the near future Details of the EP6TD expedition can be found at www.rockall.be.
3: On VK1 WIA National News, from the RSGB to the Amateur Radio Newsline now, and Hara Arena facing financial problems. Hara is the longtime home of the Dayton Hamvention. WDTN-TV News 2... Report that the venue has cut back to only a dozen full-time staff to save on operating
5: costs. The WDTN story quotes Hera's director of marketing, Karen Wampler. She explained the difficulty facing the Hera Arena in competing with other venues, such as the Nutter Center at Wright State University. Wampler went on to describe the primary challenges for the HERA are a need for renovation funds and an ownership model change. To that end, Wampler said that the arena is working with Venue Works, which is a company that specializes in restoring event venues, such as the HERA, and that she anticipated some very good news in 2015. A quick look at the Hera Arena webpage shows some 60 major events already scheduled between January 2nd and September 26th of 2015, with the Dayton Hamvention in its usual spot in mid-May, specifically the weekend of May 15th through the 17th. So, no matter what the TV news report says about the finances of the 165,000-square-foot Hera complex, for Hamvention 2015, the show will definitely go on as planned. A Morganton, North Carolina radio station was taken off the air after thieves struck sometime on Thursday, December 4th. The owners of the station came to work to find thieves had ripped the building apart and done thousands of dollars in damage to the transmitter. The damage was so bad the station couldn't even get on the air. Owner Jim Wisnett says that he knew something was wrong when he turned the dial to AM760 and didn't hear a thing. He said the thieves got in by cutting their way through a fence topped with barbed wire on the top. Then they climbed through a window where they gutted the station's two transmitters of its copper wiring. The actual value of the copper wire taken is estimated at only about $250, but the overall damage to the station will be in the area of $50,000 to repair.
4: Those stories from the Amateur Radio Newsline and the RSGB the MP3s you can find on the web at the link on www.rsgb.org. I'm Jeremy Boots, G4NJH, and you're tuned to VK1WIA.
0: Believe it or not, this story from our Weird and
1: Wonderful file. Well, I hope there's no interference and you will be able to hear this story. A priest in Naples, Italy, has decided to exercise the Electronic interference his sermons have been receiving from ringing mobile phones, this by installing a signal jammer. Phones were always going off during mass and at other events like funerals, which just wasn't on, the good father said. A $63 electronic phone jammer was apparently the answer. It's great, as it stopped the problem, but some of the local shops aren't happy, he said. The reason adjacent merchants were less enthused was that the phone jammer is also blocking credit card authorization devices. The church, it turns out, is located in the heart of downtown Naples, which is full of shops. Oh, and for those hoping to deploy the same system here in Australia, please note there's no benediction for jammers here. The ACMA has banned from sale such transmitters, that is, jammers designed to block jam or interfere with wireless communication.
0: From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au.
6: Operational news on Felix VK4FUQ. As the WIA news did not receive any notification of their two main VHF type contests normally held around this time of the year. We hope that those who normally do compete are up to speed with any new rules and or times, etc. The various ones will take place. So far activity notified for the broadcast in the future are twenty fifteen. Tablelands Radio Group will again hold AMNCW and ANZAC Day twenty five, April. 1010 International Summer Contest August one and two. twenty 2016 1010 International Summer Contest August six and seven. In twenty seventeen, August five and six. And in 2018, the international summer contest, August 4 and 5. The next Kids Day, sponsored by the ARRL and the Boring Oregon Amateur Radio Club, will be Sunday, January the 4th, from 1800 to 2400 hours UTC. This is an excellent opportunity to showcase amateur radio and amateur radio satellites to youngsters, and even to hand over the keys so they can get some hands-on experience. For veteran radio amateurs, it's a chance to share their stations and affection for amateur radio with the next generation. Anywhere in the world you may be listening from when you hear CQ Kids Day. From a stateside station, jump in. The suggested exchange is name, age, location and favourite colour. Awards. 73 on 73 Award, number 4. EA5TT. Paul Stotzer N8HM, who is sponsoring the award for contacts made via the AO73 FunCube1 Amateur Radio Satellite, Recently, recognised Manuel the A5 TT for becoming the fourth recipient of the 73 on 73 award. He submitted a list of 73 stations worked via AO 73 between September 1, 2014, and December 8, 2014. The award aims to promote activity on AO 73. The requirements are straightforward: one, work 73 unique stations on AO 73; two. Contacts must be made on or after September 1st, 2014. 3. There are no geographic restrictions on your operating location. There will be no cost for this award. Donations to MSAT UK and MSAT NA's FOX program are encouraged, though. No QSL cards are required. Special Event Stations, DX, Beacon, Repeater and net advice. Cook Island Special Call prefix. E51 A&E has told the Ohio DX newsletter that Cook Island's resident hams will be allowed to use a special one-by-one call sign for use during the 15th anniversary of the self-governance in 2015. This special call is available for use at the operator's discretion only during the period January 1, 2015 to December 31. Visitors to the island will be issued call signs in accordance with the current practice. Behind the scenes at 2SZ October 2014. A new behind-the-scenes look at the operation of Special Events Station 2SZ is now available for viewing on the web. The video tells the story of the amateur radio station especially constructed at Mill Hill School near London to commemorate the 90th anniversary of the first radio contact between Great Britain and New Zealand. As previously reported, on October the 18th, 1924, the first radio communication contact between the two countries took place between, at Mill Hill School. Operated by 18-year-old former student Cecil Goiter, 4AA, in Shag Valley, New Zealand. Operated by Frank Bell under the call sign 2SZ. New LOTW record. The ARRL's logbook of the World Online Cardless Contact Confirmation Service has recorded their new milestone of 100 million QSL records. Out of some 630 million uploaded contacts, that's an increase of more than 18 million QSL records since the end of last year. WJ1B from the AWL commented that if placed end-to-end, that many QSLs would reach more than 17,000 miles. Not quite all the way around the world, but enough to qualify as a long-path QSO. For VK1WIA National News, I'm Felix, VK4FU, Ingham, and a Happy New Year everybody.
2: Across Australia from VK1 WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service in the south-east of South Australia. It can be heard on VK5 RMG 146.900 MHz on Sunday mornings at 9am Central Standard Time. I'm Cole, vk 5 hcf
7: Good morning, this is Robert, VK3DN, with this week's worldwide special interest group news. Worldwide Special Interest Group's ATV Video, ham radio in a 1988 Italian movie. An English dub version of the 1988 Italian movie High Frequency is available on YouTube. IMDb describes the high frequency movie as a boy who operates a ham radio and a man who works a satellite relay station witness the same murder thousands of miles apart and have to figure out how to warn the next potential victim. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Final Frontier. Radio Ham helps ESA with tracking widget. Thanks to Radio Amateur Chipsifici N2YO, the European Space Agency's new satellite tracking widgets are live. The tracking widgets are fed with the latest orbital tracks from ESA missions or missions with significant ESA participation. The default track shows the ISS. Astronauts on the International Space Station have used their 3D printer to make a wrench from instructions sent up in an email. It's the first time hardware has been emailed to space. NASA was responding to a request by ISS Commander Barry Wilmore for a ratcheting socket wrench. The socket wrench just manufactured is the first object designed on the ground and sent digitally to space on the fly. If a 3D printer can churn out something as useful as a tool in space, well, what else is going to be possible? Space parts, components, even equipment, according to the company behind the printer, made in space, and that is just the start. A 3D printer dispatched to the moon might be able to dig into the lunar surface, scoop up what is called regolith, and transform it into the elements needed for a moon base. That prospect is extremely distant, obviously, So, for the moment, if you need to hand a man a grander spanner, the astronauts on the ISS will be happy to know that they can make one in just under an hour. Worldwide Special Interest Group's IOTA. More DX activity has apparently been cancelled for one reason or another. NA-178 postponed. This was to be an operation from the Falloran Islands, but the NA-178 trip was unfortunately cancelled. The call sign would have been K6F. And sa 71 PYSEI was to have been active as PS2AI from AS Ireland on January the 23rd to the 25th, but that has also been postponed. Worldwide special interest groups VHF and above, transatlantic tests between Namibia and Brazil are on the cards. The SARL reports that Peter Jacobs, V51PJ of Namibia, who is very keen VHF amateur, is planning to bridge the Atlantic Ocean to Brazil on 144 megahertz. On the other side of the 6,000 kilometre sea path, another keen VHF amateur is anxiously waiting. His name is Orlando Nito, PY2A&E of San Paulo. When Peter was still located at Cape Town as zr one awe he ran skeds with Orlando, but they only heard traces of a signal from each other on 144 MHz digital via tropoducting. Now Peter has applied for permission to use 2 kilowatts of power for this research experiment. So far, all previous attempts by other VHF amateurs have failed to establish two-way contact across the Atlantic on 2 metres. Well, good luck with that experiment. Hope it goes well. That's all I have for you for this week. This has been Robert, VK3DN, reporting from Melbourne.
0: As time goes by,
1: VK4BB rewinds to Ham Radio's Halcyon Days. Ralph H. Barr never reached the levels of public recognition of Bill Gates or Steve Jobs, but as the inventor of home video games, his contributions to technology and entertainment are arguably on the same scale. A relentless inventor, Bayer, who died aged 92 December 6, produced the first home machine to connect to a television and allow users to control the images, creating the video game industry that today is worth billions of dollars and has allowed an entirely new medium for art and entertainment. His employer granted him two and a half thousand U.S. dollars in funding after viewing a crude device Bayer had created with a fellow engineer that allowed two users to play tag on a television screen by moving two white dots about. Now fully funded, he and a small group worked to make the machine smaller, easy to use and more functional. Some of the designs included guns that could be pointed at the television to interact. Yes, light guns are an invention of Bayer as well. In 1968... The team finished Bauer's seventh iteration, which they called the Brown Box, after the wood-grained electrical tape that held it all together. The machine could output in full colour and, while it included a version of the original tag game, could also run several other games including table tennis, which would go on to play a crucial role in the success of the home and arcade gaming world. You can read the full and exciting, almost unbelievable story in the Sydney Morning Herald.
3: This is VK1 WIA. All points of contacts from today's news stories are to be found in print when you read the web editions, www.wia.org.au.
1: On the social scene as we wrap up the broadcast for the good year of 2014, February 7 in VK3, it's Homebrew Construction Group, 2pm Amateur Radio Victoria, 40G Victory Boulevard Ashburton, Feb 22 in VK2 at Central Coast Amateur Radio Club's Wyong Field Day. March 21 in VK3, D-Star Users Group, 9am Woodend RSL, Anslow Street. March 29 in VK3, EMDRC Hamfest. And May 9 in VK4, Barkfest in Brisbane. Now till next year, I'm Graham VK4, BB. Walk softly.
0: We've reported, you decide.